Welcome to Interlocutor Interviews. I'm Tyler Nessler, the founder of Interlocutor Magazine, which features in-depth coverage of activists, creators, performers, and artists of all types. You can check us out online at interlocutorinterviews.com. And if you're a fan of our arts coverage, you can sign up to be a subscriber or contributor via Patreon. Just click on the Patreon link on our site. So today I've got with me Saizaki. It's a visual artist who operates in the realms of photography, illustration, and painting, and his work speaks to a conversation of adventure, spirituality, anime, and eccentricity. So, Saizaki, welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man. Happy to have you here. Um, so, well, let's just kick it off by getting it into just kind of your background. So, I'm assuming you've you've always been uh, some kind of illustrator. You've always been attracted to visual art um from an early age so yeah how'd that get going um so it was just really cartoons at first it was just yeah. like a lot of like saturday morning cartoons um i tried my hand at drawing uh from an early age and it was just really bad i i, I hated the way that i drew because it was always very um scratchy and just very like uh, i don't even know how to explain it really like scribbly just of? like scribbles you know what i mean like when you're yeah. just first learning how to write it's like that right <laughs> yeah so i tried to draw for a good chunk of my life and hated it but um, like growing up, I was like an actor. I was like I was in choir, like in second grade. Um, I played music for a little bit. I played clarinet, like in sixth, seventh, eighth grade band. Uh-huh. So it was never really a focus on drawing. It was more of a focus on like surviving, really, like surviving school and just drawing in my part time, like okay. watching uh, like anime, Dragon Ball Z. Everybody wants to draw those characters and shit. Yeah, never did that because I was just like, this is too hard. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I mean, it was just always, like, other things. And then I, I didn't really get serious about drawing until, like, early 20s, really. Okay, gotcha. So, it was more just, like, finding ways to express uh, as a kind of escapism, too, and survival. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah. I've, I've always been that weird kid, you know, that, that weird kid that just always, like, talked about things people didn't really, like, understand yet. Like, I was the <laughs> quiet one. I was the one talking about meditation and, you know, um, you know, peace, peace, peace. Let's just, let's just <laughs> breathe. And everybody's like, what are you talking about, bro? Like... So I would do that. Like kind of spiritual? Like, yeah. Spiritual without knowing it, really. Huh. I thought it was just kind of like, we don't do this? This is not a thing? And now, was your family religious or spiritual in that way? Or where'd you get that from? Just I have kind of innately? No idea. I just picked it up. Okay. I, I remember I remember like researching Buddha for some reason. Huh. I don't like know why. As, like, as a young kid? Yeah. Just like wanting to know about the Eightfold Path and like the Four yeah. Noble Truths. And yeah. my family was never really religious. We never really like went to church or nothing like that. Like I tried to read the Bible and did not find it interesting at all. Like I was just like, I'm not reading all this. You didn't find the right parts. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I, I cracked it open and I'm trying to just read all these like tiny words and, you know, all these yeah. passages. And I'm like, people read this? <laughs> like no, no, no shame, no shade or nothing. But like, I was just like, this is not, for me, I, I just, I couldn't picture myself like really trying to like do that. Even like praying, yeah. you know, like I, I wanted to, I was curious about what praying was cause I never did that. And like, uh, I wanted to know who God was. Cause you know, we talk about God and we're like, Oh, you know, like God, God will bless us. You know, we bless our food. We pray over our food. I'm like, why do we do this? <laughs> I don't, I don't see other people doing this. So why do we do it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I just Buddha made more sense. I was always just attracted to like more Asian figures, more Asian characters. Yeah. And then like learning about like his story and like, um, you know, saying things like Buddha bless you just made sense to me really. Wow. Yeah. So, um, it sounds like you were just, you kind of had a natural inclination just to be a seeker. Yeah. 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 All right. 
Um, and then, you know, while you were growing up, did you find any mentor or anybody who kind of like vibed with you in that sense? Um, never really. So a lot of my mentors, quote unquote, have been like fictional people, right? Like, okay. like fictional people. And like, it almost felt like, you like, mean like people, from works of fiction or people you just made up both. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've always kind of, so when I was a kid, right. Or when I was like younger, um, I used to do that thing where you squint at like lights and you see like the lights kind of like expanding. You kind of just turn your head and they move. <laughs> right. So you're like creating a psychedelic experiences for yourself. And- literally just staring <laughs> at lights and like, wow, this is so fucking cool, dude. Right. <laughs> so when I was um, maybe in like a freshman in high school, I used to go to this place called the spectrum in my mind. And it's where I would go to like, go to a temple and like, go see Buddha. Right. And I was like, tonight I'm going to go to the spectrum. I'm going to go meet Buddha and we're going to, we're going to train. Right. And there would be like all these other like Japanese characters and stuff that I would really train with like masters, quote unquote. And in my head, it made sense because I was like, these people can help me. Right. And like, you just start reading more and you start like, okay, cool. Like Zen Buddhism, like, um, living the right way, speaking the right way. Like I never really vibed with anybody in real life that could like teach me something. Cause it wow. just would have felt like, like they were just kind of talking down to me, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, and you, so you kind of like created your own temple. Yeah. The spectrum. Just in interior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. spectrum. And you, yeah, you, you actually called it that. The spectrum. Did you ever tell anybody about it? Or was this like completely. Yeah. So my friend Charles, I used to tell him, I was like, yo, I'm going to the spectrum tonight. And he was cool about it. He was like, yeah, you know, we're going to go, you know, this and that. We used to watch like Kung Fu films on YouTube before like YouTube was like really, really big. So we yeah. would just do that and then like go to bed and then talk about it. Wow. So you would, you would actually like, you were literally trying to like meet in this place. Yeah. Did like you, astral projection type shit. <laughs> did you actually, do you feel like you achieved that? Um, no, <laughs> but the fact that he was like willing to like vibe with that idea and like yeah. experience his own kind of like spectrum was fine with me. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. 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 Well, at least you had that, you know, you had one person who was like willing to go there with yeah. you. Because yeah. it, it was it was more like when I got older in like high school, the, these kind of concepts um, really evolved. People were kind of a little bit more open to it. Because when I was in middle school and all that, I was really quiet. I was really timid. I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like I used to read the dictionary. Like I was really rebellious and like against school because I just felt like I didn't belong there. It was like this is fucking jail, bro. Wow, well, yeah, this is prison. It pretty much is. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's like, well, you know, I look at, I look at most public school systems as they're just conditioning, they're social conditioning, Mm -hmm. conditioning you for your boring ass job, you know, and just conforming to a daily routine and doing mostly meaningless, you know, busy work. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So taking all these tests and like, they're like, oh, you know, if you don't pass this test, you never get a job in the real world. And it's like. That becomes your whole entire <laughs> you're, world. You're already thinking like, what's the real world? I don't want to be there. <laughs> the real world. Sucks, well, you're man. calling the real world. Yeah. Damn, you're miserable. So I know I'll probably be miserable too. <laughs> so then um, you were heavy into anime, you said. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that obviously had an influence on your, your visual style. Yeah. But you, you didn't get so, and then you, you, you know, you were doing more performative stuff. You said you were acting and mm-hmm. you were in choir. Yeah. And, um, we spoke before we know each other and I know that you, you, uh, you studied acting too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? So from the ninth grade, right. I came to high school, didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do with my life. I was just like, 
I'm really just trying to survive this place, bro. Like I was going to go into biz tech, right? Which is like business. What do I know about business, right? So this girl, she was like a mentor. She, she comes up to me and she's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm cool, whatever. And she's like, do you know where you're going to go? Probably biz tech or whatever. She's like, no, you should do theater. It's fun, <laughs> right? So hearing that, I was like, oh, I'm sold. For sure. And you're going to be there? She was like, what was, what was she? I think she was a senior, either a senior or a junior at the time. And I was like, she's fucking hot, bro. I'm going for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, that always, uh, for, for guys, that always seems to oh be, my God. Uh, that's like the, the classic, uh, oh, hey, there's a lot of girls in drama. Wow. Are you Whoa. kidding me? And I get to have fun and here? I get to do scenes. Are you, maybe even kiss then? Oh. <laughs> Why did you just start with that? Wow, man. <laughs> but, um, no, it was cool because then, once I got in, it was more like um, scene scene studying and like learning mm-hmm. like uh, like the the anatomy of the stage, right? And like stage left, uh, center stage, downstage, stuff like that. Um, it wasn't until maybe like my junior year, senior year, I started acting like hardcore with the director, Miss Morrison, Amy Morrison. Um, and that was really fun. That was really cool because I got to, I was thinking about it when I was at work, actually. I really wrote a whole play, right, called Heart of a Samurai. Oh, and wow. and I, I totally forgot all about it because it just kind of like left my brain. But it was basically this story about like this guy who wanted to avenge his brother because this other samurai who like retired killed him. But I think it was like a misunderstanding or something. I can't remember. But we really like choreographed the whole thing. We had swords and like I was really coming up with like Japanese names for them. And like I wrote this whole thing and it, people really loved it. Right. And that was kind of a shock for me because my whole life, I just felt like people think that like black dudes who, who like Japanese culture are strange. This would never work for like kids, like teenagers, unless it's like drawn. They don't really care, but people really like they, they wanted to see more of it. And I was like, this is fucking cool, man. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So then did you do like a formal staging of it or did it? So it what was, stage, what, what point did it get to? It was just in school. It didn't, it didn't go anywhere else outside yeah. of school, but that felt like a really big achievement for me because I was like, I made it people people want this so did you put on a, like an actual production of it or was it more mm-hmm. just oh okay cool yeah, yeah so we had like um like an acting coach come in and work with us so this was during like um when they were doing fidelity future stage for kids so they came in and like they were helping us write scripts and like introducing us to certain actors and stuff i think i met um what was that show oh my god i forget his name david david hyde pierce yes Mm-hmm. met david hyde pierce and he he really enjoyed like a a scene that i, I acted out because i was just very animated i was very like well welcome to this is william walker you know so he, you know they they like that shit because a lot of people they like even when we were in english class we would read and we're reading like huckleberry finn people are just like the boy went to the river and but i'm like that's fucking boring dude you know what i mean so like when when the characters would come up I would act out the voices. I'm like, how does he sound? Right. Which is why typically you always hear me do voices and stuff like that because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. exciting. Right. So yeah. the, uh, acting was just like really meant for me at the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, you know, I've known you for a while and you are like a great mimic. Like you yeah. do like every impression I've heard you do. Of somebody. <laughs> and I've heard you've done a great impression of me too. No, I've never heard it. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't make me laugh, please. <laughs> that's okay i don't know if i don't know if i want to hear it but i believe i believe it's, it's good. fine just just know in your mind in your heart of hearts 
it's solid. But you know, I take that as a compliment because you, yeah, you, you, you've done fantastic impressions of a lot of people that we, we, we mutually know. Oh man. Um, but yeah, you, you have a way of kind of like, uh, like getting somebody's, uh, I don't know, uh, energy or their vibe and, and mimicking them really well. Yeah. It's about those mannerisms really. Mannerisms. I, I do yeah. it at work a lot. Yeah. 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 Like I see. So the thing about it, right. And I, it's like probably like my theater brain or like just whatever it is, my eccentricity. Certain people have certain like mannerisms, right? Oh, for sure. Everybody that, are, that are just like very like unique. And some people are harder to do because of the fact that like their voice doesn't, I can't grab their pitch, you mm-hmm. know? So like, obviously Arnold is like really easy to do, right? Because he talks like this, of course, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like you hear that and like, you just keep grabbing it, right? Other people, they're just kind of harder because like they're really monotone or whatever. But if I had to act out like their movements, I could do it easily. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So then um, this whole kind of groundwork um, of, you know, performing um, and then, you know, you, so what was like, what was kind of like the, the moment where you, you focus more, you decided to, you know, focus more on visual work Um, and, and less on performing? Probably when I dropped out of college. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah. So went to, went to community college for theater, right? Totally new experience. I remember my, my director saying, um, when I went to college, you know, I was so overwhelmed. I was in a room full of people who were just like doing this for years and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, that's never going to happen to me. I'm, I'm him. Okay. So go to school. Everybody's like, yeah, I worked with Julia Roberts. George Clooney was in this production I did, you know, nothing serious. And I'm sitting there like 17 years old, like, I met Queen Latifah once. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had been on like an off-Broadway stage, like the same stage Billy Elliot was on, you know? Uh-huh. Pretended to be a, a English rocker for the whole night. People thought I was really English, right? But here I am in college like, um, you know, I think, yeah, acting is cool. Yeah. Huh. Right. So yeah. I was just very overwhelmed, just very whatever. Um, failed my math test in order to like get out of remedial math. They were like, William, you have to take um the course over again you'll probably have to do summer school no i'm not not at all was there something also about like when you got to the, that level at college of, of acting did you was there something about like you've got a sense of kind of the business itself and the hustle that you'd have to do to really like make it professionally and i and, hate auditioning so much okay well that's a like, <laughs> you want to act yeah that's like a problem. it's it's just i just feel like it's so fake and that's probably what turned me off from acting Right. Cause like when you're in school, it's like, yay, it's fun. Right. We're here to play. But then like when you, when you yeah. really try to do it like on a professional level, everybody's like, hi, how are you? Okay. You'll be reading with Sean. And it's like, okay, great. You know, you're so hopeful. And they're like, that was great. Thank you so much. We'll be in touch. We'll be in touch. Yeah. And then you leave and you're like, that fucking sucked. Oh my God. Like it's just, it's just like so weird. It's like the air leaves the room when you go into that room. Cause you have like three people watching you. There's a camera there and you think like, I'm an actor. I can do this, but it's just staring. And you have that one, that one person who's like reading with you and you're like, yes, I'm doing this and I will not stand for it. Okay, great. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and then you're dealing with like, 
you know, judgment and gatekeepers, yeah. you know, and, and it's uh, just like really awkward, like in the waiting room. Cause you see all these other actors too. So it's kind of like, Hey man, how are you? How long you been acting? Yeah. And yeah, it's all yeah. kind of bullshit. Cause everybody, you know, you're all, you're competing with all these people that yes. everybody's and So yeah, there's this whole, everything is fake mm-hmm. in that, in that. So there's auditioning that process itself. It sounds like what is what really turned you off. It was the auditioning. And I think it was just also like, I doubted my ability so hard. Cause I, so me personally, how I work in a lot of the art that I do even now, I don't really look at like masters. I don't, I don't worship them the same way other people do. Right. I say that as I have my Basquiat socks on. Right. <laughs> but a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, uh, Basquiat and Picasso and like all these other masters, they're just so masterful. You ask me, I don't care. Like it looks good, but I have my own style. I have the own thing. I have my own thing I'm doing. I don't want to reference them. Yeah. I, I want to do my own thing, you know? So what do you think that uh, in, in terms of uh, visual art, um, you know, cause I, I know a lot of like visual artists, they get kind of the same way that you were sort of put off or intimidated with the acting, you know, they, 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 other visual artists compare themselves to, you know, the masters and it's just like, Oh, forget it. I'm throwing in the towel. I'm never going to be that good. What's the point? Right. Yeah. Why do you think it was different for you with the visual art where you're just like, no, you know, whatever. Yeah. They're great, but I've got my own thing. And you felt more confident in that sense. So you had more control over it. I think it was the control. And I think also it just visual arts is like a very psychedelic journey for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like acting is too so on, on some level, right? Because you're, you're becoming another person, you're shape-shifting, right? But yeah. for visual art, it's like, if I sit here and like, I draw, that's my own, right? Like, yeah. I don't need another person to tell me like, oh, well, you know, you drew the head wrong and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we'll be in touch. It's like, it's like that when you do, um, when you submit for exhibitions, it's kind of that same audition process. Right. But I also just feel like I could just make my own thing. Right. Yeah, I, I could yeah. just like, I've seen, right. I've literally seen a blank canvas in a French museum. You see <laughs> right. what I'm saying? I've seen yeah. like, li- we've gone to shows and I've seen lines on paper. Yeah. And I've just been like, are you serious? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, so I feel like you can kind of get away with more in the visual art scene as opposed to like being an actor. Cause if you're on camera and you're like, I am blade, I am Dracula. People are going to look at you like, this is a piece of shit. He he's a shitty actor. But at least if you draw like squiggles on online, you'd be like, "This is a representation of my soul and the the spiral of life." And when I was doing crack cocaine, this was the only thought that I had. Wow, he's so inspirational. Holy shit. Well, yeah, you know, I love I love contrasting this too because um, you know you could try some experimental like performance with acting, and people would be like, oh, "I don't know," you know, I just. Uh, but then for whatever reason, yeah, with visual art, um, and especially if you back it up with some, you know, very, uh, highbrow, you know, oh uh, God. theoretical, you know, what were you, what were you just saying? Yeah. You know, the spiral represents my, the chaos in me. The chaos in my soul. I'm yeah. Jackson Pollock <clears throat> reincarnated. Like, oh, oh, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> I vibe with that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> And then also submitting, you know, to galleries for group shows and things like that. I mean, you know, you're com- we're comparing it to auditions, but, uh, you know, that's also more, uh, that that's more anonymous because you don't, you're not seeing who you're, you're necessarily who you're up against. You're not literally in a room with a bunch of people who look like you right. exactly or whatever they're, you know, whatever uh, they're auditioning for. But what's um, interesting is me personally, I feel like I can see them because I, mm-hmm. I'll look at like the the layout of the page right and they're always like looking for new emerging artists right no you're not 
Well, you can also, you know, obviously look at look at what the galleries shown before and their right. style, and you get yeah. a sense of that. But still, it's not as immediately like you're not right in the moment of like having, you know, yeah. be put right on the spot, staring so. people down like they hated it. Fuck. So what was um? So this is what like in your early twenties when you started really yeah. taking it seriously, mm-hmm. like sketchbooks just full of like um badly proportioned people. So yeah, a lot of your work is is portraiture based, mm-hmm. um, and you've especially done in recent years more more digital. Yeah, um, but then you but you're also a painter. Yeah, I haven't painted um, in years, like maybe since 2019. When you were when you started to take it seriously, what medium were you working in? Was it just like pen and like pen and paper, or was it, it was a pencil it was or pen and paper? Because I didn't want to use a pencil. Okay, so rebellious once again, right? Everybody's like, huh. you should use a pencil. You can erase. Why do I want to erase? For what? Pencils are stupid. Like, <laughs> just lock it in an in ink, bro. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then it was uh, it was mainly portraits. Yeah, m- mainly people. Um, but it pro- now, so was it? Were you doing literal portraits of people, or are these also just characters you were creating? Just characters from, from off the top part. of the head. Yeah. yeah. All right. I never really like to reference anything, even like now. I mean, I'm I'm a lot better about it now, but it's always just. Just imagine what this girl looks like. Proportions everywhere. Like the masters would hate it. You know what I mean? And I think that's what that's what also fueled me because it's like, would they hate it? Good. Because I'm going to reinvent it. You know what I mean? I'm going to do something new. Like if Picasso can like do all this weird shit that he was doing, even though he was a master when he was like nine, you'll figure it out. It'll be okay. Yeah. Well then, so uh, who were some influences early on? So it's, it was a lot of comic book artists, really. Yeah. Because I worked in a comic book warehouse for like three years of my life. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was like um, Kenneth Rockefeller, um, who's another good one that I, I look at. Like uh, Kim Jung-gi, he was really good too. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't discover him until later, but he's he's solid. Like looking at the way he draws like off the top of the head and like even through references, like he just pieces things together as he goes. It's not like, you know, you draw the circle and no, just do it. A lot of those, a lot of those dudes are like really solid. Um, who's another good one that I liked? Uh, I don't know if it was like eccentric, if it was weird, I liked it. Yeah. That yeah. was me. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it sounds like that, that also, um, your experience with acting school, um, probably turned you off to, to trying to take any formal art classes. Did you take any classes or no? So I consider I kinda, art school or I kind of did. Right. Because I was like, I need to draw better. Like I, I just, I feel like if I had some education, people would take me serious. But then like I talked to a lot of people and they're like, art school ruined my life. I just, I hate it. And I was like, fuck, I don't need to be there. Yeah. Well, because it, it can be, you know, the same with the acting, you know, yeah. you're, uh, competitive and uh, discouraging and, yeah. you know, people are trying to squeeze you into a box, you know, and yeah, yeah. so it just wasn't a good fit for you. So and it's, just, it's funny because I dealt with that a lot, like in, in regular life. Like I, I've had like some friends be like, you know, it's competitive out here. Even like my parents too, sometimes you're like, you know, cause they, they care about me and stuff. They want me to be okay mentally. They're like, it's tough out here. It's competitive out there. Right. And in my brain, I've always been like, but is it though? You know? And I, I think about it, even with acting, it's like, I have my own lane. Nobody draws the way that I do, right? I have my own kind of goals. Like, is it really competitive? Like, maybe when you want to um, exhibit some work in those kind of spaces, but 
everything else, I it's not really that competitive. Like a lot of people like to think that it is because that helps them like push harder. Like I just need to draw harder. It's competitive. I need to beat everyone. But like you have your own style, bro. You like yeah. you put splatter on a on a canvas. <laughs> Other people would never, you know. So it's like what's what's the competition? Yeah, you know, and and then you're you know uh, you you mentioned Basquiat and you've got Basquiat socks on and and uh, you know I there was that King Pleasure exhibit in New York um, right. I think last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you didn't see that, right? No, no, I didn't, but I, I had like seen pieces from it and like, I I looked at the, the promotion for it. But you know, what was fascinating about it is, uh, you know, it was curated by his family and there was a lot of really like, I mean, basically child drawings, you know, that he made. Um, and you can see his style kind of emerging really like just before he's 10 years old, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and even some um, some of his themes, you know, and, and his, his mixing of text with, you know, with, uh, with the artwork. What do they call it? It's, um, Neo something. Uh, they, they categorize his styles like Neo. I can't remember, but like just the way that like the, the visuals are constructed, like the stick figure esque type of things and like very like bare bones, um, people. What is it? Neo primitive? Uh, yeah. Well, neo expressionism. Yeah, neo expressionism, like yeah. neo primitive. Yeah, I don't know if neo primitive is an actual word. It feels phrase, like it could be an actual word be. for it. Yeah, but I mean, actually, that that fits to me. I'm looking. I'm just looking, looking him up online right now, and he says, "Yes, he's part of the neo expressionism movement." But yeah. um, I don't know. Maybe people think of primitive or primitivism as having like some kind of like negative connotation, but I mm. don't. I don't think it is because he's his work is kind of elemental and, and there's a, there's a kinetic nature to it. Right. right. So, but he, I, I don't think he went to art school. He was just, he was a street artist, right? He was just doing hundred percent his own thing. Right. 100%. And, and actually he probably is a great example of somebody who, if he had gone to art school, would have hated it and would have felt oppressed. I feel like Basquiat like watches over me. Right. Or like him and I are connected in some way because whenever I see his, his crown symbol, like I'm typically doing something artsy or like, and I, I know that sounds like, well, wouldn't that make sense? Because, you know, he's an artist, but it's also like, it's kind of reassuring in a way, you know, like a friend of mine, he has the, the Basquiat crown symbol on his chest. And like, I saw it on his chest and I was like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in the right place. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, it, so it sounds like, you know, you know yourself really, really well in that sense mm-hmm. of, you know, from with your creative foundations and where yeah. you're coming from. Yeah. So, um, you have, you know, like you focused, as we said on, on, on portraiture, um, it doesn't, I've, from what I've seen in your work, like you don't, you haven't done a lot of other like non-figurative work. Yeah. Right. So you really, um, and have you ever been tempted to do like non-figurative work? I've tried it. It's, it's, it just feels very difficult, right? Like I've tried just drawing straight buildings or like landscapes. Like sometimes I'll draw trees and like trees are kind of fun because they're, they're just shapes you know yeah. just kind of branching yeah. out but like i don't know i've never really like sat in the park and decided i want to draw a park <laughs> there's just something so like energetic about like drawing somebody like scowling or like drawing somebody um with like big white hair that just feels yeah. more natural to me than like trying to draw like nature yeah yeah and then you know you it, it sounds like you're, you're you're fascinated by people you know, yeah. you're drawn to people, you yeah. study people. Primarily women too. Like I draw uh-huh. men, but like there's just something like very 
um, pleasing about like trying to just like get a woman's figure right, you know, and like not even on some pervy shit, but just like really just embracing like the femininity, I guess, right? Because I'm masculine, I'm a masculine guy, I identify as a man. So I guess like drawing women kind of like helps me to balance out my energies, right? Like sometimes when yeah. I draw men, I draw myself, but then I also like draw myself like what I imagine myself to be as a woman in an alternate reality. You know, like yeah. lovely bangs or like hair up and just like beautiful <laughs> neck, you know, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so you also um, have done a lot of photography, especially recently. Yeah. So photography has been really, really big for me yeah. for years. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so but those are also like kind of portrait portrait based mm -hmm. from what I've seen. I mean, yeah. you've, you, but you, you also have done like you did this series um, of kind of noirish like you know, like, like city, uh, you know, nighttime shots yeah. too. Yeah. Um, which kind of is a departure from what I've seen of a lot of your other work. Yeah. Um, but then you've also done some, you know, uh, compelling, you know, photo sets of, of people. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, when you're shooting a, a person for a, a set, um, what's your approach with that? Like, what do you do? Cause you're, you're, you know, with photography, especially, um, you know, it's not just about, you know, just taking a straight, you know, just shot of the person you're trying to kind yeah. of capture their vibe, their essence, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The same kind of way that you do with your, with your, you know, illustration. Right. With the visual art. So with, with the photography. So for me personally, photography comes to me very, very easy, right? A lot easier than trying to draw something, which is why I stepped away from photography for some time, but I love movies so much. Right. Like I look at like cyberpunk or, um, Blade Runner, Dune, shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I always, when I'm taking a photo, I always think to myself, how can I make this very cinematic? Right. Like I pretend to be a cinematographer and I'm like, okay, cool. We're not going to shoot this straight on because that's boring. Right. And mind you, I don't really, I don't want to say I don't understand lighting much, but I don't focus on lighting really. Like that's not the first thing in my head. Like, how can I set this light up for shadows? No. What I'm trying to capture is shape. Yeah. So let's say um, like the nighttime shots, right? Let's just start with like an inanimate object. I want to shoot as far away as possible with an inanimate object because it shows like desolation, right? Especially if the like the spotlight is on it. Great. There was a picture I did of like this halal cart under a light um, in like Soho, maybe like at 7 p.m. Everything else is dark, but it's just that light on that on that cart. And I was like, this is great. This is a cinematic shot. Yeah. yeah. Got it. You know, yeah, even yeah. like doors, doors and like lights. Like I love like blue lights, red lights, green lights, anything that just has like a weird light to it. Cause I'm like, yes, even like, um, peering in on people like through window bars and shit like that. Right. It's, yeah. it's just like so cinematic to me because I love movies like that where there's like deception, secrecy, like, you know, people are doing like clandestine shit. And I'm like this right here, that's the shot. Yeah. So like even yeah. with like portraits, right. It's like, I want this person to look like they're doing something more important than they, they actually are in their actual life. So like, I'll shoot it from the side. I'll shoot it like bottom up, maybe even like top down, but I don't really do that too much just because it feels like, eh, but I love doing close-ups mostly. If you ever look at like a lot of my photos, like a lot of them are close-ups. They're, they're very tight. I do not like to shoot from far away because it just, I feel like you lose so much of that person when yeah. people are like, Oh, can you do like a, a full fit? I'm like, sure. <laughs> let's, let's do it. But like somebody's like, I want you to just take photos of me. These photos are going to come out a one. I promise you. How do you pick the locations? Uh, it just depends on what catches my eye. Really. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I'm just like in the right place at the right time. Um, 
sometimes I'll just be like walking around and I'll see something and I'm like, we need to stop right now. But also, okay. So with the person, cause I was referring directly, if you're shooting a person, like how do you pick yeah. the location? So like, we'll just be out like, um, people I'll be like, do you know where you want to shoot? You know? And a lot of times people will be like, no, I just want something that, okay, great. So <sighs> my first go-to is like, let's use nature, right? Like, let's just get like, like that plant behind you, for instance, let's do like flowers. Um, let's put the the bridge behind you, something, whatever. And then like trying to pose people, that's probably like the most difficult part of everything. Do you banter with them? Like, how do you, how do yeah. you build a rapport? Cause you know, cause it's an intimate thing, really. You're, you're trying to yeah. get them. I would imagine, um, you know, it's tough because the person's very self-conscious. Yeah. You know, they're paying for this set, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, but you, you know, so you don't want them to look stiff. You don't want them to, you know, look too self-aware, which is why like the angles come into play. So, yeah, heavy. which is yeah. why I don't like to do the far away shots. Cause everybody's like, what do I do with my hands? <sighs> you know? And everybody's like really tight faced. They're like, yeah, that's true. Everybody's going to be thinking about that. You know, yeah. take a picture of me. Okay, great. Let's take a picture. And then like immediately their face sucks in and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you can breathe. I am breathing. Okay, great. <laughs> You know, so I like to, I like to just tell people, we're just going to play. We're just going to chill, right? Yeah. You have like, you booked three hours with me. I'm not going to like be a dick and be like, oh, you know, you do three hours. I'm here to play. I'm here to vibe. I love what I do. So like, yeah. let's just. It's a good way to frame it for them. Let's just talk, right? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what kind of music do you like? Like, what's the, what's the story here? Like, why are you doing this photo shoot? Do you ever play music while you're shooting? Yeah. I like, okay. so for me, sometimes if they don't want to <clears> play music. Uh, for instance, this this project I did with Kiyomi Tarver, love Kiyomi Tarver. She's like a mentor. Shout out to her. Um, it was like this goddess piece, right? And she was like wearing white, and I was like shooting from the bottom up, and nature was behind her. So I was like, okay, great. So I'm playing like maybe Solange, "Don't Touch My Hair," because that's our song in my ear while I'm shooting, and I just start like crying, and I'm like, this is so fucking good. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, and she, she was like moving cause she was, she was in full goddess mode. You know what I mean? Like the story was, it was a, it was a piece about transformation and accepting, um, who you are as a person. So obviously she was just moving and she was covering things and I'm like, this is fucking amazing. Oh my God. You know, like just talking to people and just making them laugh also helps as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's why I yeah. do like voices. That's why I'm always just like, you know, what's the story? Uh-huh. Like would you be okay like turning this way and then like maybe looking back like you know you're very cute so like let's just play with that you know shit like that so you know i love that because you're you're kind of background in well your natural like outgoing nature and then the performance background plays into putting these people at yeah. ease and then you're kind of involving them in yeah in a scene in in play yeah it's like yeah, you're doing a play with them almost. it's like working with actors um, who aren't actors. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah, thought, yeah. I thought to myself about like directing and like what that would look like, like, you know, trying to create these cinematic images and especially because people come to me because I know how to do cinematic images. And you've done some videos too, right? Yeah. Video, yeah. video is a little different, but I, I've shot video for sure. Do you have any ambitions to, to, you know, segue further into film? I, so I, it's not so much about like film. I would love to direct a music video, like a, like a cyberpunk music video. I'm just very particular about video because I don't want to um, just create something that doesn't feel like me, you know, for the sake of money. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. So let's talk about, you have a few books out. Yes. Um, And so let's see. The first one um, was that it was outlaw. Yes. Outlaw. 
Uh, talk about that. What was the, so that was your first, your first kind of rodeo <laughs> with doing a book. Oh my God. Um, and, and, and what was the impetus for, for you doing it in the first place? So a lot of the things that I do typically come out of like pain and suffering, right? I say that because we had, we had just <laughs> well, got let artist, go. you're an artist, you know, that's how it works. Right? right. So like we had just got let go from our job. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Whatever. I'm getting unemployment. This is going to be great. I have so much time. I can work on my art. Yay. Kind of didn't happen. Right. So I was like, fuck, like, I really want to make something, but I, I've never like made something on this caliber. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just start off with a cover page. Let's call it Outlaw. And I used the picture, that same picture that's on the cover was the, was the picture that I took before we got our dog sugar. Mm-hmm. And I was just like shooting pictures of myself and boom, Outlaw. So I said to myself, you know what? I've been to like Tokyo. I've been to France. I've been to London. Let's just talk about that. Let's just talk about me not fitting in anywhere, trying to find my place in the world and put a whole bunch of pictures and hand drawns and photography in there. Let's just do that. So that's what we did. All right. And there's a, there's also a picture of me on the toilet in that book, just in case, you know, so, (laughs) um, but yeah, outlaw was just kind of like this, this story of me trying to find my place in the world, traveling the world, being like a seeker, being a roaming wolf, um, just being that person who just is not, um, socially accepted well wolves wolves also are kind of like um i don't want to say the phrase spirit animal because it sounds cheesy but i mean they are but but i i am a wolf that you have like yeah you you have wolf identity yeah i (laughs) I even have howl tattooed on my hand oh yeah yeah you know so (laughs) we are wolf okami Okay, so that was just sort of um, like a kind of a compilation in a way, right? Yeah. Like a, 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 and, and a way to sort of like solidify everything you've done up to that point into one, yeah, one op, you know object, yeah. that you could put out there. One lovely talisman of like adventure. Yeah. So how did that feel? And uh, was it? Did it feel like kind of a culmination of okay, this is this is like a this is a point that I've reached. Yeah. It yeah. was it was very it was very rewarding to look at everything that I did, especially like the, the Japan trip. Cause I'd mm-hmm. wanted to go to Japan forever. Like I would sit in front of my computer listening to, um, Halcyon on and on by orbital and just like picture myself, like flying through Japan. And when we finally went, I was like, my life is here. Um, so then when I, when I made the book, I didn't know shit about making a book. Right. And I, I had tried to make this book forever, even while we were working. And I was like, I can't figure this out. I need somebody to do it for me. Nobody was available. So I said, you know, what, William, you're just going to fucking learn. You're just going to learn. And if, if people hate it, at least you did it. People loved it. So I was like, yes, we did it. We're successful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, thank you guys so much for, for fucking with this book and for, for accepting uh, the work that I'm, I'm putting out. That, yeah. That yeah. Was it. So, and then, and then um, your next book, Hardcore Trauma. Yeah. Right, which is all centered around COVID Kevin. and the pandemic. Yeah, that was that was rough too. So made made the book. I was like, you know, I I always wanted to make my own graphic novel. Right, let's make one. You have a history. Yes, yeah, so it's got a narrative. It's, so funny story. I didn't write a script for that at all. I just said to myself, okay, I know the stories that I want to tell. I'm going to just draw them. And once again, if people hate this, at least you did it. So drew all the pages. Um, typed in the words like what was it like three stories three or four stories and then i was like okay cool we're great we're good didn't have covid when i came up with the idea caught covid during and i was like this really sucks now i'm really a part of this world <sighs> fuck uh 
but we recovered and then we, we released the book and people really, really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it was really, it was really relevant to the time too. Yeah. And then, and then it connected directly to your own experience. Which is funny because when I tried to put my book uh, in stores, I met this one guy and he was just like, you know, do you think that it might've been a bad idea to make something like, um, what was it? I forget the words that he said. I don't want to butcher what he said, but I'm just going to paraphrase. He's like, do you think that it was like the wrong choice to make something so, so uh, close to reality, you know, like a, like a, like a marker in time. And I was like, no, like, I don't think so. Yeah. Like it's, why not? it's, it's the thing like COVID happened and I'm going to make fun of it. <laughs> <laughs> like I had COVID, so I'm kind of obligated to do that. Yeah. And I mean, you were also, it wasn't as, as if you were just like, like, um, you know, being disparaging about it. You, you, you know, you said making fun of it, but, yeah. but you know, you were also commenting on what people are going through. It was I mean, a black mirror episode. called hardcore trauma. Like that, that yeah. whole time period was literally an episode in black mirror. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we had people talking about, it's not real. It's real. We're all going to die. We're all going to live. All right, cool. Vaccines, no vaccines. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, and that was a huge shift in for everyone's reality. So it doesn't matter if it's tied to that specific time. We're still living in the aftermath of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And who knows what's next? So, Boy, yeah. COVID. <laughs> and so you also, uh, we'll touch on this. You did a you did a, another compilation called The Artist Aizake. So The Artist Aizake, um, that one didn't do as well as the first two. And that's mostly my fault because I didn't, I didn't market it the way that it probably should have been. But I will say that book was a great, uh, adventure and exploration into design, right? Cause mm -hmm. I, I had, I had studied a couple of design templates on Pinterest and I saw like, you know, big letters and like strange typography and all these different colors and layouts. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Cause I love books. I was, I was passing by like Rizzioli last night, like on break at like four in the morning and, um, I looked at this and I was like, this is why I love art because yeah. all these crazy weird covers are just amazing. Like this is what I want for my life. I want to have a library of all my books. And so like yeah. looking at art of Saizake, you know, I'm using QR codes. I'm doing crazy typography. The cover is like, like this crazy box with like me taking a picture in yellow. Like I was like, this is amazing. It, it didn't do well, but it's still a lovely little marker of what could be for the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now you're working nights. Yeah. So you're, you're you you kind of are a creature of the night. Oh my god, looking, <laughs> gaining inspiration from the moon every night. Like when I go outside, I'm just like, it's good oh. for your wolf nature. Oh my god, it's so good. Like my my <laughs> magic is like through the roof. Okay, my shaman, my shaman abilities. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you you don't love the work itself i'm sure but but the hours and, and you probably don't love the hours either but you know but but also you know it's given you unexpected inspiration it sounds it's like. a it's part of the spiritual journey yeah you know yeah. I mean, it's it's going into like nighttime has a very um strong i don't know what the word is like like a strong pull right and like the magical and spiritual community and it's like that's where you discover a lot of like the secrets of your mind not during the day yeah, no, I'm a night owl. I, I get it. I've always, yeah. I've always like, yeah, kind of enjoyed staying up late and just feeling the energy of the yeah. night. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I'll mention that. So, like, uh, Saizaki and I, we we met in a job. Mm -hmm. It was a day job, office job. Um, you know, the neither neither one of us really uh, exactly loved and uh, really fit into that well. Torture. But, um, you know, do you feel like you also got some kind of creative inspiration out of that as well? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you remember, I was drawing at work. 
Oh yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> every day. So, so I had got hired to like do the simplest task in the entire universe, which was just push a button. Right. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, the thing is broken again. Okay. Guess I'm going to draw in my sketchbook markers all over the table. Real outlaw shit. And yeah, I was just like, this is what I remember before we even talked. You know, um, I, you know, I don't think we even really talked for the first, you know, two or three months you were there. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. And I just saw, you know, this dude's just like drawing all day. How's he getting away with that? Then I then I learned that basically you had nothing else to do, zero, and they just let you do it. Yeah, and so I, I guess that's day, one. That's one. You know, plus for that place. I really expected to be <laughs> fired for that too, because it was it was so blatant. Yeah. <laughs> and the bosses would just walk by and like look. And then I would kind of like try to hide it, but like you can't hide 12 markers in a sketchbook. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I was like, hi, how are you? Have a good day. And then even when you put, then even when they actually tried to get you to do real work, you were still drawing a lot. For sure. Yeah. On YouTube, <laughs> looking up tutorials and like yeah. watching playthroughs and just sketching and then putting it away. Oh, we have a meeting? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 and you had you had a creative you have you had a creative method of uh, boss avoidal oh av- avoidance. God, yes, just <laughs> doing whatever I could to just like get through that shift and like do something like draw text, write cool ideas, like yeah, looking over the screen, real cubicle, like <laughs> uh huh, yeah, I'll have it for you in like five minutes. Whatever. <sighs> So now you've got a book out or that's coming out, um, coming out on July 5th, right? Oh, so that's the, the virtual, the virtual show. The virtual. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got that wrong. Um, but you have, you have a new book, Erasure coming out. Yeah. So Erasure is, um, a virtual experience. Comes, oh, okay. So it's like, it's All like right. a, it's like an exhibition, a solo show, quote unquote, that I'm doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So July 5th. Uh, so Erasure is about, so context. I had went through like this really weird, trippy situation with this girl, right? Like kind of dealing in between two women, right? Um, Blew up in my face completely, was super sad about it. Didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, Went to go see one of my fictional characters because he kind of helps me get through a lot of uh, the the negativity and the the suffering that I go through. So I was like, I need a way to to release this because it just felt like a lot of built up pressure. And like, there was a lot of like, fucked up self-talk in my head. It was like, oh my God. So Erasure came about because I felt like I wanted to die, right? And I was just like, I think the world would be a lot better without me right now, right? And then like, once I got past that, I was like, got it. So uh, in a lot of my work, I draw ghosts, like little white spirits. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. And then like uh, the the guy with the white hair is like Mifune, which is the guy who helps me with my suffering and negativity. And uh, I figured this would be a great time to like really introduce the world to who he is and like how he's helped me get through that, that kind of transformation. And yeah, suffering. I remember that now. So yeah. there's Mifune and, but there's another character too, right? Uh, Mina, his, Mina. Um, his lover slash weapon. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And it was almost like this personal mythology kind of that you yeah. developed. Yeah. All of these avatars kind of. So, um, what was it? When I was working at like Ralph in the mailroom, I, I had this really, really crazy moment where I was having like lots of body pain. And I remember, like, that's kind of like when he first emerged. So right? Ralph Lauren? Ralph Lauren, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was working in the mailroom, like, yeah. 2014, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's when he really showed himself. And I was like, this is weird. Are you linked to this? And it was kind of just like, yeah, you know, but we're going to get you through it. You're just kind of, like, rebuilding yourself. Cool, great. Just make a stop. Thanks. Um, 
and so this is like his story kind of mixed with mine a lot of transformation and um alchemy in this story do you kind of perceive yourself as a vehicle for these entities or are they just completely so that you kind of like literally look at them as separate entities yeah so everyone is a separate part of me in a a, a kind of way elements of you so there are like women characters who I, i talk to there are like male characters there's just like gods there's like knights there's like all these sort of like archetypes that kind of just help me focus when i'm i'm like scattered uh, but you said erasure focuses more on um Ifunis yeah so he's a he's a part of it, it okay. he's telling the story really. oh so then, okay all right do like visuals do like yeah. um acceptance of like the shadow yeah yeah well that's what's interesting to me accepting the shadow self and you've you know you already going all the way back to being in this conversation we're kind of talking about that mm-hmm. and finding finding ways in a spiritual sense of how of, of where to go right right and yeah. and somehow that worked for you like and, yeah. and um you know you didn't let anybody talk you out of it doesn't Mm-mm. sound like ever <laughs> it's so it's funny i've i've always wanted to live heart-based right because i feel like typically we live logic-based it's i need to do this to do this to do this to yeah, do there's this. all these social expectations and so many challenges you're never done you're it's never enough right but i feel like living heart-based is very like no this is enough and yeah. it's, it's going to carry me to where I want to be. And yeah. that's, that's a lot what this story talks about. Kind of like uh, the book, The Alchemist, you know, yeah. he goes on this journey and it doesn't make sense to him. He just gets told you need to deliver these rubies or whatever. What the fuck am I going to do with these? But he ultimately finds happiness because he's living heart-based because like what he feels is right, not what he thinks he has to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, this isn't, I, I don't know why I thought this was a literal book that was going to be printed. Um, sorry, I got that wrong, but um, it's, so it's, you, I'm looking at your uh, Instagram. You're describing it as basically a li- body of work yeah. that's going to be available on your site. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to mention to listeners, too, that for every podcast episode I do, I put up a page on the Interlocutor site. And if I'm talking to a visual artist, um, I'll put, you know, uh, can embed some images. I'll definitely will link to your site. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we're going to put this up around the time, the, um, this body of work comes out around the, around, uh, July 5th. Yes. So then people can just check it out. So there'll, there'll be a link there. Um, and then you're also in, uh, looks like a, a group show, right? Yes. Free your mind. Free your mind. Free your um, mind. That is opening on July 8th, right? Yeah. So it's so it's so interesting. Got my show July 5th and then this show July 8th. And I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so yeah, it's a it, it's a good convergence. And it's it's very fitting for your mind, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> okay. Love it. Yeah. And so where is that gonna be again? This is <clears throat> happening at JCal. Um mm-hmm. it's like right by my house, it's like on Jamaica Ave in Queens. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and so how many other artists in it, did you say? Or? It's supposed to be like over 40. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I had submitted like five pictures. They wanted to see five pictures. And uh, they chose one. And the one that they chose is a is an old photo that I took when I was like maybe back in 2013, 2017. I remember. But um, it's, it's the F train sign. And then I wrote in marker uh, fifth dimension. So like it was the F and then I just wrote if dimension. Okay. And they liked it. And I was like, oh, okay. You sure you only want that one? They're like, yeah, that just that one will do. I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever you want. It's your show. Yeah. So um, before we run out of time, I also wanted to talk about music because mm-hmm. um, obviously music is a big influence where you're talking about listening to music or playing music, like yes. where we shoot. 
and I'm always probably when you're creating in any form. Yes. <clears throat> but then you also play, play, um, guitar. Yes. So I play guitar now. Um, and it's been, it's been like a really interesting journey. I couldn't play guitar maybe like two years ago or last year. My cousin kind of showed me how to play guitar with one finger. And then I just kind of picked it up the rest, you know, uh, playing tabs and like learning music again. It's been, I played Iron Man recently and I was like, this is incredible. And so what is it about playing music that, um, what, what, what's extra about it to you creatively beyond like the other types of work you do? What, like, how does it inspire you in different ways? I think it's the, it's the sounds. It's like listening to certain artists, you kind of get like, yuck, this is disgusting. But you listen to like, maybe like, I'm listening to Amundul the third, and he has a song called Sleepwalker's Timeless Bridge. Incredible song. Hmm. Like, if you get a chance, listen to that song because it's it's a two-parter. It starts off regular and you're like, okay, cool. This is great. Nice tunes. But then like it switches into like drums and like just droning sounds. And I love listening to like droning sounds that make me feel like I'm in a whirlpool. This is well, it's kind of meditative too. Like yeah. it puts you in a puts you in a different state of mind. Yeah, it's it's very everything that I do is it just feels psychedelic, especially since I don't smoke anymore. Just mm. every like looking at trees, psychedelic. Listening to Amandul and like playing guitar and like feeling the vibration <laughs> and like knowing that my hands have like a life of their own in a way. Well, you know what I love about it is it's like you were already kind of coming from a psychedelic mindset from the time you were a little kid. Yeah, you were already there. You don't you don't need the you don't need like substances. Really didn't. That's why my body was like, bro, stop smoking. You don't need this. This is stupid. You're right. I also felt like I was going to die too. So I was like, this is. Yeah. Because it, like your brain, you know, your mind uh, is already kind of wired in that way is already plugged into that, yeah. to those, uh, you know, different perceptions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so probably when you take like any kind of psychedelic substance, then it's too much. <laughs> it's probably since you're already, that's already your baseline. Yeah. So or, or people, if that's not their baseline, then it's taking them to a totally different place. Then they're kind of in that place. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready. Like super Zen anymore. I'm trying to get out of my own head, creeping out my skull. Ugh. And that's actually, then you're kind of locked in to yeah. it and not a pleasant way. It sounds like, uh -uh. have you ever had, well, so I don't know how openly you want to talk about it, but like with psychedelics, mm -hmm. Um, have you ever had good experience with substances or yeah. is it, oh, okay. Mushrooms have been like really great. Okay. We, right. Like weed used to be really great. I used to like draw and think I'm the greatest artist in the world. And then like, I would come down and be like, I'm garbage. But like doing mushrooms has been really fun. Cause you know, talking to trees, talking to plants, um, getting new perspectives really quickly. I did mushrooms most recently and I was talking to the Chinese masters, right? And I was in bed, I was wrapped up and I started laughing to myself. And all I heard was like this crazy high pitched tone. And they were telling me that like the Chinese singer sings so high pitch because that's how they give reverence to the masters on that vibration, on that wavelength, right? So like, if you ever listen to like, and this is not a fact, obviously it's just me high, but if you ever listen to like Asian singers sing, they always sing very high pitch, like at least the women do or whatever. Because they're they're giving reverence and thanks to their gods and to their masters. Well, that also ties into just just chanting, like ceremonial chanting, right? Because right? that is a way to kind of, yeah, just also to put put your mind in a different space. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there like another this approach. is incredible. And I'm speaking Chinese with them, like not not physically, but mentally. I was learning like Chinese. I don't know if it was like Cantonese or Mandarin, but they would say something, and I would say it back, and I start laughing. And then like, I'm like hearing this pitch and I was like, yo, this is fucking amazing. I hope I remember it. Oh my God. Clearly I don't, but I remember that. 
and it was amazing. Yeah, you should charge admission to your headspace. <laughs> yeah, people would be like, "I can't do it. I can't do it here. He's he's too much." Uh-uh. You know, like you know, um, being being John Malkovich, mm-hmm. right? It's like, <laughs> let's go into Saizaki's head. Oh man, that would be a great like <laughs> that would be a great uh, what's it installation? Like yeah, just, a, just like a uh, a Japanese gate, and you just go right in and just is this well you know since we're talking about sound and you know just the way that way that sounds can take you and just music and you know rhythmic rhythm you know can take you into a different place Mm -hmm. mentally spiritually everything do you have any aspirations to write music yes so it's henry rollins i'm gonna give you henry rollins david bowie and maybe some other punk rock artists have really like been speaking to my spirit okay i've been really strongly considering forming a band that's funny because i can i can obviously bowie ties into a lot with what you're talking about in terms of you know spirituality and experimentation with music rollins is more kind of straightforward you know spoken word (laughs) alarm for work but yes yeah so uh it's funny because i wouldn't i mean i know i i because i've talked to you about rollins and i know i know you you know you you you, you vibe with him but love him but yeah it's i wouldn't i guess it's spiritual in a way his own way yeah and it's, also he's somebody who's completely it's like his you look yeah but he's but he's also somebody who throughout his entire career has been totally diy 100 percent himself never compromised yeah obviously inspiration i don't and, do drugs i don't drink my father yeah yeah, yeah henry <laughs> Yeah, bro. So, have you experimented with any compositions? Um, kind of, sort of. I've been I've been playing very baseline, very simple. Um, mm-hmm. Playing like maybe like one string, and then like doing kind of like some um, like monk chanting, kind of. Just yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, you know, and of course, there's sound artists. There's people who play around with that stuff. Yeah. You know, um, uh, just to also create an atmosphere. I mean, yeah. so it doesn't even have to necessarily be formal, whatever, quote unquote, songs. Right. You know, and you could combine it with visuals. Obviously, you know, it's limitless. That's that's my whole that. thing. It's like, I know that, you know, people are used to like one thing, right? But like, if I could, I actually told a guy that I know in California, I was like, do you want to make an album? Like, we'll just, even if the sound is shit, I just want to like play something and like put it together. Yeah. I mean, if, and, and I, I don't know how much collaboration you've done in general, but it sounds like, especially with the sound you could, you could, and, and, you know, it could be a really good collaboration with yes. visual and sound. I, I want like a female singer to like, I love listening to like female vocalists on, in bands. Cause there's just yeah. something about it. Like, you know, men are, men are great too, but like there's women like Emma Ruth Rundle. I'll listen to her. And I'm just like, God, you are ama-. like marriages. Yeah, marriages. A, uh, True Widow. Oh yeah, yeah. The, that's a great band. Like amazing. Skull Eyes yeah. is one of my favorites. Um, what is it? S S S H S. Great song too. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to wrap this up. But um, once again, everybody uh, who's listening, uh, got Erasure coming up. The basically art experience. Mm-hmm. body of work digital it's going to be on saizaki saizaki.us yes um so look for that on the 5th of july and then once again you're also you also going to have a piece in this free your mind show yes in jamaica queens fifth dimension free your mind and that's going to be coming out that's well so it's opening on the 8th yeah the opening, opening reception, reception for five to eight yeah um and yeah check out um 
uh saizaki's instagram too for updates it's s-a-y-a-z-a-k-e there you go all right so yeah thanks again saizaki thank you so much and thanks to all of you out there listening um you can check out the online edition of interlocutor magazine at interlocutorinterviews.com check for updates on our instagram it's at interlocutor.interviews also follow us on youtube all the podcasts are up on youtube right now as well it's just called Interlocutor Interviews. That's the channel. And again, if you're a fan of our arts coverage, you can sign up to be a subscriber. Throw a few bucks our way via Patreon. Just click on the Patreon link on our site, and I will be back soon with another Interlocutor Interviews podcast episode. 